The topic that uh, the brother mentioned that we've been given today is the, the means by which we may, uh, or which can help us, we should say, stick to the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we go to the hadith of the Prophet we see that in fact the heart of the believers, the heart of anyone actually is very vulnerable. Well, the Prophet in different hadith has described that someone may do the acts of Jannah, the acts of paradise, until he is just a hand span away from, from uh, paradise. And then the Qadr overtakes him and he does the acts of the hellfire and he is thrown into the hellfire. Similarly, someone may do the acts of the hellfire until he is just a hand span away from the hellfire and then the Qadr overtakes him and he does the acts of the hell, uh, paradise and he is into paradise. Well, from this hadith and from other hadith, we know that we are, on the Day of Judgment, we are going to be judged according to the deeds that we performed or the state that we were in at the time of our death. And the important thing is what we were doing at the time of our death. If we were on Iman, if we were believers at that time and doing good deeds, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will judge us accordingly. But even if we spent 20 or 30 years doing good deeds, and then we started to stray from the path and continue to stray until we died, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise us as someone who was straying from the path. For the Prophet in talking in particular about the hearts of human beings, the Prophet said that the heart of a, of a human being or the hearts of all human beings is between two fingers of, of Ar-Rahman or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he may turn it to any which way he wishes. So the heart of the human being, as we can see from this, is something and that we have to be very careful about. That Alhamdulillah, right now, we're following the deen, we see the truth, yet our hearts are such that it could be that it could be the case any time, that we may stray from the truth. And in fact, the Prophet Sallallahu is a Aishan, <coughs> As Aisha narrated, the Prophet ﷺ himself, he used to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya muqallab al-qulub, thabbit qulubna or thabbit qalbi ala deenik. Well, this uh, dua, I think it's very important for all of us to learn it and to use it in our, while making sajda in other places. Ya muqallab al-qulub, thabbit qalbi ala deenik. O oh, you who turns the heart, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make my heart firm upon the faith. And the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ himself used to make this dua quite often as Aisha, uh, his wife, has, uh, has narrated to us. <coughs> so although, alhamdulillah, we're practicing Islam now, we have to be aware of those things that may take us away from the straight path, as well as be aware of those things that will help us, inshallah, to stick to the straight path. Well, that's what I hope, inshallah, to discuss uh, today. We started a little bit late, so we might have to compact things a little bit. But uh, I hope to, inshallah, what I'd like to discuss 
are some of the things, some of the things that have a tendency to take mankind away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also I'd like to discuss some of the things that will, that will inshallah help us stick to the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Unfortunately in the world nowadays, there are many things that can, that can harm us and they can take us away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the situation that we're living in now, for example, is very much different from the situation of the Sahaba and Tabi'in and so forth. Where every now, every day we face fitan or we face temptation. And it seems it's even getting close to the time that the Prophet ﷺ described about, for example, this dunya and basically selling our deen for the sake of this dunya. If someone is in the morning, he's a believer, and in the evening, he's a kafir. Or he's in, in the evening, he's a believer, and in the morning, he's a kafir or, or the opposite. Well, it seems, Allah Alam, with all of the fitan or all of the temptations and all of the things that are trying to drive us away from Islam, it seems that we are approaching that time. Alhamdulillah, I don't believe, inshallah, we are exactly at that time. Alhamdulillah, still the fitan is not, are not that great. If we are sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if we follow some of the means that I'll discuss later, inshallah we will be able to stick uh, to the straight path. But it is true that, and it's sticking to the straight path, as uh, some of the early scholars said, and it's sticking to the deen nowadays is like trying to hold a, a hot coal in your hand. And it is difficult. There's pressures coming you from from you, uh, pressures coming to you from sometimes your closest friends, your families, the people who are around you, the Muslims who are around you, the kuffar who are around you, and so forth. So let's try, inshallah, to be very much aware of some of these things. As I said, they can take you away from the Deen of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and be aware of those things that, inshallah, will keep us closer to the Deen and the path of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. One of the things that has made many people stray from the path of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is power and honor and worldly status. That as a human being in this life, in many cases, as they gain prestige in this world, as people start, for example, respecting them and giving them due and giving him more power and more status, and this is a great, very great temptation for the human being. Because many times it can come to the point that he has to choose, actually he has to choose between following the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and pursuing his own glory, his own goals in this dunya. And unfortunately this is a, a trial or a temptation that many, many people fail. And unfortunately it's not just the common people but even as some early scholars have described, even scholars even scholars have to be very careful about this kind of situation. Because scholars, it's easy for them to get prestige in society. It's easy for them, for example, nowadays to give government uh, positions or university posts and so forth. And then once you get something, and this dunya, once you get something, it's the nature of mankind, he doesn't want to give it up. So suppose you're given a nice position, and some power and some status in this life and then comes the temptation or then comes the trial where you are asked 
by people above you either to do something haram, clearly haram in the, in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or lose your job or be removed from what you have. And then you have to make your choice. Are you going to give up that big house, that nice car and everything that you have for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Or are you going to fail this trial and submit to what they want for the sake of your job? And if if anyone should come to that point and he thinks about the fact that when he sacrifice or when he compromises the deen for this world, he might think he's going to do it temporarily, inshallah, later fix the situation. Yet he must realize that he might die the next day or the day after that, right after he had just sold his deen uh, for this world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran tells us any two Remain patient with those people who desire Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَاصْبِرُ نَفْسَكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبُّهُمْ بِالْغَلَاةِ وَالْعَشِيِّ يُرِدُونَ وَجْهَةِ وَلَا تَعْدُ عَيْنَاكَ عَنْهُمْ تُرِيدُ زِينَةِ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَلَا تُتْعِمًا أَغْفَلْنَا قَلْبَهُ عَنْ ذِكْرِنَا وَاتَّبْعَا هَوَاهُ وَكَانَ أَمْرُهُ فُرُطًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Kaf verse 28 says And keep yourself patiently with those who call on their Lord morning and afternoon <coughs> seeking his face and let not your eyes overlook them desiring the pomp and glitter of the life of the world and obey not him whose heart we have made heedless of our remembrance one who follows his own lust and whose affair has been lost well this verse in particular was revealed about and in the poor Muslims or the Muslims at that time who were poor and not turning your attention away from them towards those people who had power, who had money, who had wealth at that time. But they were heedless of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hereafter. Well, similar to that also <coughs> is the question, or is another trial that has led many people astray, and that's the trial of wealth. In one case, it's power, honest honor and status, worldly position, and also wealth. Unfortunately, with respect to wealth, some people will do anything for the sake of getting money, for the sake of getting ahead in this, in this dunya. Whether or not that thing is halal or haram. And if they can put their money in the bank, for example, to get interest on it, they will do it. If they can get money through any means, whether it is halal or haram, they will do it. Well, sometimes it gets to the point that the important thing to them is getting the wealth. That's it. And when they get to this point, they have to be careful. They have to be aware that if they start making these haram things halal for them, then in fact they have left the, the, realm, the realm of Islam. But even, uh, even worse is the situation where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given someone wealth before he did not have wealth. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him wealth and then he does not use that wealth for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but instead he uses that wealth in the wrong way. So before he had the wealth he was following the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him wealth now he had the freedom to do what he wanted. Before maybe he didn't even have the money to spend in haram and to <laughs> and he do things that uh, Muslims should not do. But then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the wealth now he had the freedom and the time and whatever 
to now engage in haram and to leave the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Tawbah describes uh, a situation like that in which some people, they said, they promised to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would give them, then they would, you know, spend it in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be from the righteous. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَمَّا أَتَاهُمْ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ بَخِلُوا بِهِ وَتُوَلَّوْا وَهُمْ مُعْرِضُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Tawbah verses 75 and 76 says, And of them are some who made a covenant with Allah saying, If He had bestowed on us of His bounty, we will verily give charity and will be among the righteous. Then when He gave them of His bounty, they became niggardly and turned away averse. Uh, as a footnote, we don't have time to, for too many footnotes. <laughs> But uh, some people believe that this uh, particular verse was related, was, uh, was revealed with respect to a specific Sahabi. Uh, do you remember his name? Hatib. 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 He made this promise and then when Allah gave him the wealth, he turned away. And then even later he tried to come to Abu Bakr and pay zakat and Abu Bakr refused the zakat and Umar refused the zakat. There's no truth to that story whatsoever. This is not in relation to him okay. and it is not in relation to that uh, Sahabi but this is a general Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us a general warning that uh, and that there are people there have been people and there will always be people and this is the principle of basically of the teaching of the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not talking about one man one incident but is giving us principles lessons of things that will continue to happen until the day of judgment and we have to be careful not to be like those kind of people. That we say to ourselves right now, Oh, if, uh, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would give me wealth, I would spend it. I would give this mosque so much money. I'd give Dr. so much money. I'd give that brother I met so much money. And then when we get the wealth, we forgot about all of those things that we had in our, in our minds before. Well, the Prophet the Prophet in a hadith recorded by Imam Ahmed in Musnad Ahmed, he said that two, and two wolves, two hungry wolves, sent upon some sheep, uh, are not more harmful to a person's deen than that person's desire or that person's uh, any attempt to keep uh, mal, wealth, and and honor. Sharaf. And that these two, attempting to any go after and protect and keep your wealth and your honor or your status these two things are more dangerous for a person's deen than sending two hungry wolves to a, band, to a group of sheep this is what the Prophet said so I think if you know if you've seen hungry wolves before <laughs> I think you should it's clear yani, the, the danger of these two for our deen also of course shahwat or desires in general are something that have have led many many people astray and unfortunately I don't like to take examples of uh, and use brothers as examples at least not in a complete negative sense like this but for example in the 70s and the 80s when Muslim societies were a little bit more conservative than they are now when many of those students came here to this part of the world for the first time and they've seen some of these things for the first time and you found many of them 
and when they saw that their ability to to and uh, answer or to and satisfy their desires was so easy here, you found them unfortunately many of them just following after their desires and completely forgetting about the deen. This is true for them. This could be true for this could be true for anyone. It's a shahawat, and when it gets into your when it gets into your soul, when the desires gets into your soul, sometimes it's very difficult to keep yourself from it. But at least, and at the very least, you should always remind yourself, even if you're committing a sin, even if you're someone who is committing a sin, you should always remind yourself that this is something wrong in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You must recognize that it is wrong, and you must always hope and pray and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you to give up that sin, and you should never, never belittle any sin that you commit. And say, no, it's not important, or inshallah, Allah will uh, forgive me just like that. And you should always keep these three uh, aspects in mind. And you should also remember that any shahawat that you, any desire that you fulfill against the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world, and it's going to be just for a very small pleasure that you might get, get in this world passing pleasure that you might get in this world while you are actually sacrificing the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you might be sacrificing if it makes you stray from the deen completely you might be sacrificing even Jannah completely in the hereafter so that's another aspect that we have to be aware of uh, and that can make many people stray from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also associating with uh, with evil friends or friends who are not any completely or not in a satisfactory way following the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is something that especially we Americans have to be aware of because when we enter the deen sometimes we enter the deen and we still have a lot of old friends that we still unfortunately sometimes uh, hang around with or accept as our friends and even among the Muslim community here there's lots of places lots of Muslims who are not actually practicing the deen when we mix with these people it's very easy for them to influence us and sometimes they might be influencing us in such a way that we don't even realize and step by step they are taking us away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we must be very careful to see who we choose as our friends and who we spend our time with we must spend our time with those people who will remind us of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so forth as I mentioned later. Because the Prophet said that the person, the, pers- the person is following the religion of his friend. So therefore look to see who you are taking as a friend. And the Prophet put us so closely with the people that we associate with that he said that in fact that the person is on the deen of his close friend, and Khalil. The deen of his close friend, the, the way of his close friend. So if any of us, if any of us know that we have this problem that we associate and our closest friends are from the kuffar, or from those people who are not practicing the deen, and we should remember this hadith. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though we claim to be following the straight way and following what is right, and when we mix with them, we don't do the haram with them, and it's just simply the fact that we are choosing these people as our friends shows that there's something wrong with them.
And it's just simply the fact that we want to associate and mix and stay with these people. This is a sign that there's something wrong with us. And the Prophet ﷺ warned us about that by saying that we are following the deen of our uh, best friends. So be very careful and look to see who you choose uh, as your friend. Well, also doubts and misconceptions are a common source and one of the greatest tools of the shaitan to mislead people, to take them away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course, one of the easiest or one of the best ways, well, I'll talk about uh, and the means to stick to the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But let me just on this point, point out that we should do our best to stay away from the sources of doubts and misconceptions. What I mean by that in particular is that many times there are, we can say sources, and you can look at something and say this is going to be a source of doubt and misconceptions. For example, the Orientalists, reading books about Islam written by non-Muslims. And this right away you should know that this is going to be dangerous. That these people are going to try to put some idea into your mind that you know is not going to be correct. And in fact, from the point of view, let's take it from the point of view of ulum uh, al-Hadith, the science of Hadith, it is completely, completely unacceptable to take any knowledge of your deen from the kuffar, from the disbelievers. This is completely unacceptable. And nowadays, unfortunately, even in uh, Muslim conferences and conventions, they are inviting non-Muslims to come to speak to Muslims about Islam. This is just, just unbelievable. And if we don't have anyone who can come to us, any Muslims who can come to us and speak to us about uh, Islam, we have to, we have to bring uh, kuffar. If you bring a better one from the middle of the desert, it's better than bringing these kuffar. Even if he just knows La ilaha illallah and how to make coffee. <laughs> this, uh, this person is better than uh, these kuffar. Also, Ahl al-Bid'ah also. The same is true for Ahl al-Bid'ah. If you know, for example, these books are coming from the Shia, or these speakers from the Shia and so forth, you may think, oh no, he, he's a good guy, and we know he has some Bid'ah, and we know his Bid'ah, so inshallah he won't be able to affect it. No. Oh, the early scholars were very harsh, and don't even sit with the people from Ahl al-Bid'ah. Even if you just sit with them, they might affect your heart, and you may not even realize it. So this is actually one of the means, I got into it, but I didn't mean to. This is one of the means to, to help us stick to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to the past, to stay away from these sources of doubts and misconceptions. And you just stay away from them completely. Because the shaitan will use, will use that, put it into your heart. In fact, many scholars said that the doubts and the shubahat are much more dangerous than the shahawat, the desires. Because at least shahawat, sometimes you can go out and, and satisfy them and they'll be quiet for a while. <laughs> but the shubahat, yeah, they stay in your heart and get bigger and bigger and bigger until they can lead you to kufr. Well, another source that has led mis- has, yeah, has taken many people, unfortunately, away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are the, a person's spouse, a person's wife, a man's wife and his children. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly says in the Qur'an, إِنَّ مِنْ أَزْوَاجِكُمْ وَأَوْلَادِكُمْ عَدُوًا لَكُمْ فَاحْضُرُهُمْ 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that from your spouses and from your children there are enemies to you. So be aware, be aware of them. Well, this kind of situation, unfortunately, we've seen many times. That, for example, especially if, if there are two, or let's say a husband and wife, who are not really practicing the deen very strongly. And then one of them, by the way, it could be either one, the, uh, the husband or the wife. One of them, let's say the husband, since we're talking about men, talking to men at least. <laughs> one of them decides, alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him guidance and he's going to follow that guidance. And the wife doesn't like it. Now wives can make life very difficult for husbands, right? <laughs> for example, the man starts going to the mosque. No, I don't like you going to the mosque. I don't see you anymore. We don't spend enough time together. Don't go to the mosque five times a day. Don't go to the mosque four times a day. So you go, okay, I'll go just three. One while I'm at work and maybe Maghrib after work and so on. No, you're coming home too late from work. Okay, I'll go just Fajr and Dhuhr. Even Fajr, she'll find some excuse. Dhuhr, you had work anyway, so I don't think she'll, <laughs> she'll be able to get that. But the, the point is that if, when the wife sometimes put pressure on the man, he has to decide really between his wife and the dean. Not in the sense necessarily that automatically divorce her, but he has to decide whether or not he's going to submit to her will or he's going to try to change her and bring her closer to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has to make that decision. And unfortunately, many people, many people make the wrong decision on that point. Well, this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has warned us about our wives, about our children, or actually I should say spouses in general, and children, that they can have a very evil effect on the other person. So these are some of the, the some of the common means that has have led many people to stray from the past. And we should all think about them, and we should all look to our own lives, and take each one of them, and whatever ones we might think of, I'm not claiming that these are all inclusive, but really ask ourselves, for example, how much are we sacrificing of the deen for the sake of power or status or wealth or our wives or shahawat and so forth. And look to our lives and, and do our best to try to and remove these obstacles from the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, make sure that in our minds we know very clearly that the, our job, our wealth, our money in this life, it doesn't mean anything to us if we have to sacrifice the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This should be very clear in our minds. Well, inshallah, from that also, we can also use, as I said, those means that will help us, inshallah, stick to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His mercy has shown us many ways and has shown us many things that will help us keep our hearts firm to the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't have much, much time left Assuming we're going according to the schedule. <laughs> so, I, w- I will inshallah try to discuss these uh, very quickly. The first of them is to turn to the Qur'an. To turn to the Qur'an, to read the Qur'an, and to get the guidance from the Qur'an. Well, this aspect also was 
very important during the lifetime of the Prophet Muhammad himself, and of course it's also important during our life nowadays. And in fact, in, uh, in Surah Al-Furqan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala quotes the kuffar, the disbelievers, and they're asking a question about the revelation of the Qur'an. How come Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not reveal all of the Qur'an at one time? Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers that, as I said in Surah Al-Furqan, and one of the reasons that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives is what? كذلك لنثبت به فؤاد And in order to make the heart of the Prophet very firm, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the Qur'an over time and with respect to specific instances such that يعني, the verses were revealed at the time in which it would have helped and confirmed the Prophet the most. For example, the Kufar at one time they were claiming, and this is of course early in the, during the time of uh, in the Meccan period, they were claiming that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had left the Prophet Muhammad because there was a time period in which the Prophet did not receive revelation. Well, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveal at that time? Surah Duha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that in fact that your Lord has not forsaken you whatsoever. And what will come later is much better for you than uh, before. So, يعني, the, the Quran itself, in particular with respect to the Prophet Muhammad and his Sahaba, and turning to the Quran was a means by which their hearts could be firm. But also for us, it's not just also for them, but also for us, if we turn to the Quran, it is one of the strongest and most important means by which we can stick to the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By reading the Quran, it will increase our iman. And it will be reminded of, of, the, of the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we'll be reminded of His teachings. Inshallah, our, uh, our iman will increase. Also, through reading the Quran, we can, يعني, we'll, uh, our hearts will, will, uh, will receive tranquility and the strength to face any fitting or any trial that, we'll, uh, that we might possibly face in this, uh, in this life. Well, also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Qur'an shows us clearly the reality of this world with respect to the hereafter. And that's something when we talk about straying from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is at the root of many of those reasons that lead many people to stray from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That they forget about the reality of this world with respect to the hereafter. Then in fact this world is nothing and it's worth nothing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even said about this world that and if it were really worth anything <coughs> and in uh, hadith the Prophet said I don't uh, actually I don't I can see the hadith in my mind but I don't recall it uh, necessarily but basically the meaning is that in fact this world with respect to the hereafter has no meaning or has no real value whatsoever. The real value, the important thing is the hereafter not this life. Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, alhamdulillah, in many places in the Qur'an, shows us the reality of this world, and that helps us, and it prevents us from being misled and misguided by what we see in this world. Another way, another means by which, inshallah, we can stick to the straight path, is by continually and constantly checking ourselves, and looking at our deeds. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayuhaladheena amanu, attaqullaha, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse in the Quran says, O believers, o believers fear Allah and let every person look to what he has sent forth for the morrow and fear Allah. Verily Allah is all aware of what you do. So in this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling every soul to look to the deeds that he has performed that he will have to face and that will be presented to him in the hereafter. Well, in fact, Umar al-Khattab used to say that you should reckon yourself before you are to be reckoned. And you should weigh your deeds before they will be weighed for you. In other words, you yourself should look to see what you've done. There's also, the, uh, there's also narrated from Umar al-Khattab that every night he used to hit himself, hit himself for example, in the leg and ask himself, what have I done today? What were the deeds that he did that day? So he's constantly aware of himself when he's doing evil deeds, when he's straying from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's always aware that this day perhaps I committed too many sins, so now I have to do my best to make tawbah, to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive me, and to wipe away those sins with, with good deeds after so constantly checking oneself, constantly making sure that one is following and doing the good deeds and being aware of the sins that he has committed such that he will do his best not to repeat them and do his best to stay away from them. And this is one of the important means of, inshallah, keeping oneself away, uh, keeping oneself along the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because by this way also as we tend to stray, if someone tends to stray from the path, he will see it. As opposed to the other person who is not really carefully watching his deeds and he is slowly straying away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until finally he wakes up in kufr or he wakes up yani, completely away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> also always, <coughs> a third means is always trying to improve yourself. And always striving to improve yourself. And in never being satisfied with the level or the place that you are at at this, at, the, at, the, at this particular thing. Well, this is something I mean, unbelievable uh, for anyone who reads the Quran, who believes in the Quran, it is unbelievable. Yet you'll hear this <coughs> from many Muslims that they say that they are satisfied with the deeds that they're doing and they don't think they have to do anymore. And they say they are satisfied, they believe that they are satisfied with the deeds that they're doing, and they're not interested, for example, in learning more about the deen. They're not interested in, in trying to practice more about deen. And in myself, personally, at least, I cannot believe that anyone, anyone, any Muslim could read the Qur'an and the hadith of the Prophet and come to that point. And if this is the, the height of arrogance, you are basically saying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to everyone that what I'm doing is sufficient, I should be allowed to enter Jannah based on what I'm doing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be pleased with me. And that's it. Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet told his Sahaba to, yani, to come as close as they can to the straight path and to also to follow the straight path completely and to be aware or to know that none of them None of them will be saved from the hellfire because of his deeds. 
none of them will be saved from the hellfire because of his deeds. Well, the Prophet, well, they asked him, not even you, O Messenger of Allah, and he said, not even me, unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala covers me in his mercy and his grace. So the entrance into Jannah is not just based on deeds alone, but through those deeds that we that we perform, we gain the, the mercy and the and the and the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He will enter us into Jannah. But just saying that oh, okay if I do this and I do that and that's sufficient. And I remember this hadith that we are it is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his grace and his blessings and his love that we are looking for, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cover us with his mercy and will overlook our sins and so forth and will reward us greatly for those deeds such that he will uh, enter us into Jannah. So we must constantly and be uh, seeking to improve ourselves, seeking to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because when we seek to prove, improve ourselves and seek to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be pleased with us and then He will take our deeds and He will cover us in, in His mercy and He will enter us into Jannah. And in fact, we have to realize that everything that the Prophet did, or every, <coughs> everything that the Prophet has ordered us to do, we will not be able to do. The Prophet told that to the Sahaba. He said, O oh, oh people, he said, you people do not act upon and you are not able to act upon everything that I order you to do. So we have to realize already that we have a shortcoming. And we have to do our best to overcome that shortcoming and keep striving to, inshallah, improve ourselves so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be pleased with us. Now should I stop at the time or should I stop when all the brothers fall asleep because now only half the brothers are sleeping. <laughs> Or oh, whichever comes first. But let me just mention some of the other means. We do not have time to uh, to go into them. Maybe this will be an article someplace. Who knows? <laughs> One of them is sincerely making dua to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Asking him to guide us. In fact, we, we say it in the Fatiha, Ahdina Sarat Mustaqim, but yani, we have to say it with really yani, meaning it that we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us, guide us in every moment of our life, keeping us to the straight path. Also, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so I will give you a verse, I'll let you go and look at it and think about it. How about that? Since we don't have time to discuss it. Go to Surah Al-Anfal and read verse 45 and you will see inshallah how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pointing to the relationship between dhikr, remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sticking to the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Surah Al-Anfal, uh, Surah number 8, 845. So acquiring sound Islamic knowledge. And this is one of the best ways to answer all of those shubahat, doubts, misconceptions that a shaitan will try to put in your, into your mind. Uh, going to the Qur'an, another means is going to the Qur'an and studying and following the examples of the prophets that have come before us. And the examples that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. Because there you will find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
put them through trials and temptations that are much greater than anything they will face in this life. And we should follow their example and learn from their, uh, and uh, learn from what they went through and take inspiration from the way that they uh, faced their situation. Well, also, another point is sticking to the Jama'ah, and he's sticking to the Islamic Muslim community that is following the path, and also the opposite of what I talked about earlier, making sure that we have pious friends, good friends, people who will remind us of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as uh, then when we face any fitna, when we have any trial in our life, those friends, inshallah, will remind us of the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and will make us uh, firm, inshallah. Uh, sticking to the way of Ahl al-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, not only and, uh, acquiring the sound way, but sticking to the way of Ahl al-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah to make sure you don't follow any bid'ah, because bid'ah is one of the most dangerous things for our deen. Uh, also having the full confidence going to the Quran and seeing and having the full confidence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you victory whether or not in this dunya at least Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you victory in the hereafter and finally I think finally no not finally <laughs> thinking about the pleasures of paradise and remembering paradise and thinking about the punishment of hell and remembering death the Prophet and in many cases and many times told us to increase our remembrance of that thing that brings an end to pleasures. And there is death. And we should do our best to remember death. And finally, finally is to guard one's tongue. Because the Prophet ﷺ clearly and he showed us that the, the iman or the faith of a slave, of a person, would not be sound until his heart is sound. And his heart is, will not be sound until his tongue is sound. That's the Muslim Finally, not finally as a means, no, finally as a comment. <laughs> and in the, the Prophet ﷺ, again talking about the heart, he said that, and in the, in the Arabic language, the qalb, the heart has been called qalb because qalb means something that can be turned easily. Uh, or the, it, comes, it has the same root. So the Prophet ﷺ said that the heart has, been, has come from this root, something that can be turned, or because it can be turned easily. And he said the, the, the parable of the heart is like uh, a feather or something very light that is at the root of a tree, and the wind blows it this way and that way it turns it over. So the heart is something very vulnerable very volatile and we have to be aware of that and we have to be aware of all of these means that can help us inshallah to stick to the straight path and then when we stick to the straight path the malaika will come to us and then they will uh, and I'll give you some verses again that you can go read that what is the result inshallah waiting for us when we stick to the straight path that's in uh, surah Fusilat or surah number 41 verses 30 and 32 and surah al-ahqaf uh, Verses 13 and 14. Well, unfortunately, because we started uh, quite a bit late, <laughs> uh, we didn't have time to cover everything. But I hope, inshallah, at least we have some idea of the importance of this topic and we understand some of the means that might make us stray from the topic. And at the same time, we have some idea of what are some of the things that we can turn to that will help us stick to the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم. جزاه الله خيرا. شيخنا جمال الدين تربوزو أبعطت في أكثر الكيس عن سودة سبعات كيس طابق. There is also uh, one thing I want to mention here that uh, I want to remind you that the earlier you, you come, the earlier you will begin. And that is the reason that we have a short uh, talk today. And I'm sorry about that, but because you have a, a program and you should follow the time. So, I mean, the, the, the more interest that you are to, to catch more uh, knowledge about this uh, being, the, the more, uh, I mean, you should be more uh, care about the program and how to start the program at the time to uh, uh, get the benefit. Uh, I think uh, we, we, if, if there is any uh, discussion, we'll can we go. Uh, uh, we'll be, inshallah, then after that, you know, we can uh, talk with, with the brother. But uh, we should uh, stop now because we have to to uh, start the uh, event and to uh, prepare for a uh, day. And uh,